Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Skip This News, your morning Chicago news podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And I am Warwick. Good morning. Well, Skip This News, as always, is presented by RemFit. If you don't know about RemFit, go to RemFit.com. Learn all about mattresses, pillows, and all sorts of sleep tools. They're going to help you be more rested and recovered. Speaking of rested, Warwick. Sound a little tired this morning. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, first week in two weeks of waking up this early is, is beating me. So I think uh, I need a week to go by, and then you'll be back in the. Well, I'll be back in the flow. Yeah, I think I think it does help to have the consistency, but you know, new babies and stuff tends to happen. Yeah. Hey, well, today we have a couple <laughs> different news stories. We're going to talk about the Trump Tower. Always exciting. A little bit of Chicago finance on top of that. U.S. sanctions Huawei, Uber for kids, and, of course, we always finish with a happy ending. Warwick, it sounds like we have a very political podcast today. Yeah, just uh, dabbling in a little bit of Trump news. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, let's start with the weather. So the weather is quickly becoming my favorite topic to talk about on this show. Uh, Today... We have a high of 78. Currently feels like 60. Looks like a little tiny bit of rain, but it should be pretty nice throughout the day. Now, of course, we always want to talk about Saturday weather. As of now, we are looking at Saturday being 80 degrees with a 30% chance of rain. Or <laughs> let, let, let's unpack this for a second. So, I would rather have it be cold than rain. Right. It's... Yeah, so our listeners know we we use Dark Sky. We've been following this all week. We've gone from 80 to 72 to 63, and now we're back up to 80 for Saturday's forecast. Yeah. (laughs) Right now, I don't think they know what's happening. I'm really excited Um, to come in on Monday and talk about what really happened to Saturday's weather. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably going to hit all three of those uh, and and probably have a drop in the ball. Turns out the world is ending on on Friday. All right, get us started with some Trump hotel stuff. All righty. So, um, as you can imagine, uh, Illinois is a blue state, and what does that mean for a good old Trump? Nothing good. But the Trump organization blames gun violence for the revenue decline in the hotel. Um, Between the years 2015 and 2018, the average daily rate dropped 5%, uh, and the revenue uh, fell 18%, compared to competitors with a 6% and a 15% increase in their prices. Um, So, (laughs) I guess the PR team at Trump cannot admit that Chicago doesn't like Trump, <laughs> so they have to blame gun violence for the decline when all the competing hotels like the Peninsula and Seasons and the Waldorf have all increased their prices and have had the best three years ever. Uh, even with Chicago's tourism in 2018 being the best ever, 
uh, Trump's uh, hotel still sees a decline. So uh, the problem of hating Trump is real, if people don't know that already. But it's just, uh, I guess you you got to put any spin you can to show the world why you're losing revenue, because definitely investors are going to ask what's happening. But, you know, the real truth is people don't like Trump. Well, Chicago people. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that Illinois is a blue state, but really Illinois is very red by county. It's really Chicago is tremendously blue. And I know we have a few listeners that are outside of Chicago, but maybe like Trump, they haven't visited Chicago recently. When you hear about the Trump Tower, gun violence is, you know, slowing down the visits, it just isn't possible to be true. Like we... We live on the north side of Chicago. I live, you know, uh, in the city, but on the north side, it's it. There's no gun violence here at all. <laughs> like it's not, you know. Yeah, the gun violence is all contained on the, the south side, and it doesn't uh, spread too far yeah. out of there. It's never downtown Chicago where there's people just getting shot on drive. I have a car with no doors or windows. Like my car doesn't get broken into at night. Like it's not. This isn't a dangerous city. So. It's uh, it's kind of absurd. I mean, the when I first moved to Chicago in 2013, Trump Tower was just a beautiful, beautiful landmark, and that was back when Trump was kind of fun and you know a, a reality TV show host. And the athletes in Chicago loved living in the Trump Tower. Um, it was kind of a status symbol to go stay at the Trump Tower for a night or something like that. It's a beautiful hotel, but now, yeah, great now location. there's no there's reason not to go there. So. Uh, I'm going to skip. We have another Trump topic to get to, but I need a, I need a Trump break. So we're going to Chicago politics instead. Uh, mayor elect Lightfoot has picked her financial team. And this is obviously important because we know Chicago is in dire straits financially. So she leaned on a pair of veteran government officials who worked on crisis management of New York city after nine 11 and in Mississippi after hurricane Katrina, um, coming at a time when we're facing a $740 million deficit for the 2020 budget, um, just going in. So we have uh, Jenny Huang Bennett, who is now the CFO at Chicago Public Schools. She'll hold that same post for the city. Joining her is going to be Budget Director Susie Park, who is now the Deputy Chief of Police Department's Bureau of Organizational Development. So these two women, along with Mayor Lightfoot, they they got a tough job. Now, the question is, how much are taxes going to go up? How much are, is spending going to get cut? Is government, Governor J.B. Pritzker going to be able to help us out with potentially legalization of marijuana or some other uh, driver of revenue? Uh, those are all the questions, but her team is in place. We have three capable women who are going to try to drag Chicago out of this financial pit that they're in. Where did all the money go? Is it is it spent or are we just not collecting any? You know, I I believe it is going back years and, and decades to the mafia days and Mayor Daly and cutting all sorts of deals for his buddies. Um, I believe that's the mm. genesis of um, Chicago being broke. Problem. It's really just mismanagement. Yeah. Um, I'm the wrong person to talk to on this. I, I find this topic insanely frustrating and i've looked into it almost zero 
Gotcha, gotcha. So, all let's right. Move on. So, um, in some Chicago news, <laughs> parents are using Uber and Lyft to take their kids to school um, or soccer practice. And then kids are using Uber to deliver food to the high school. Uber Eats. Smart. <laughs> like McDonald's. So it's all against Uber's policy. But firstly, Uber is... It's, it's a crowdfunding platform where drivers don't really have crazy background searches. There's no medallions sold Um, So there's no investment in really being an Uber driver like a cab driver is. Um, So the person behind the steering wheel doesn't have the same background check or the same, uh, uh, let's say, credit uh, as a taxi driver. Because when that taxi driver, he has to pay to be a taxi driver. He has to pay a business license. He has to buy a medallion to be a, uh, a taxi driver. There's only a limited amount of taxi driver spots allowed. So the fact that the parents are willing to put their seven-year-olds in a car with a random guy and hope the kids get to where they're trying to go um, is pretty crazy. What sparked this was a, a parent put the two uh, kids in one lift, a uh, son and a daughter who go to two different schools. Either the lift driver was confused or uh, something happened, no one knows, they're trying to find the Lyft driver, but the Lyft driver took them to one school and told them to get out, and then the kids ran into the school and said, uh, the Uber driver, oh, the Lyft driver's not listening to us, uh, and <laughs> went to go complain to another parent. To me, the story sounded pretty innocent, but it's also not the Lyft driver's responsibility to take your kids to school. Did the Lyft driver screw up? Sure. Uh, were the kids probably screaming in the back of the car? Sure. So I, I don't know. I don't think as a parent I would ever put my kids in a car with someone I don't know, even if it's a taxi driver with a medallion. I, I just think it's it's not the smallest thing in the world. Well, I disagree with one thing you said. You said it's not the driver's responsibility to take them to school. I mean, at some point you've you've now hired that driver to take you to school through Uber. So... I mean, he is he is responsible to kind of carry out that job that you've hired him for, right? Well, he's not by Uber's policy because he's not allowed having kids under eighteen. So, ah, that's I didn't know that was an Uber policy. Yeah, Uber and Lyft, um, due to insurance reasons, uh, they're not allowed picking up anyone under eighteen without a parent, and they're not allowed doing a delivery for anyone under eighteen. I didn't know that. So yeah. I know a ton of so, parents that use and, Uber. It, it's it's crazy. I mean, I didn't know that either until I read the article, but I guess I neglected to mention that. Um, they meant to actually just, as soon as they see a person, just refuse the ride. But then you can imagine the the problem that creates for the driver, because firstly, he wasted 10 minutes getting to you. Um, and then if he just doesn't uh, pick you up, that person can file a claim against you, and now you got to fight that claim. Right, right. So, yeah, it's yeah, he was hired to do something. Uh, yeah, he was called there, but Uber or Lyft are not paying these drivers for lost revenue when they pick up, you know, say this happened four times in a day. That's 40 minutes 
that you have to spend uh, cancel or finding a new ride and then also fighting the argument that they would minus. And then probably I'm going to say Uber and Lyft are for the customer. They won't believe the driver. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, go from there. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I never looked at cabs, taxis as a secure way to get around. Like, I always felt like you were getting in a stranger's car. You know, even in, in New York City, Chicago, where, like, it's it's really not easy to get the medallion that you're describing. I never, as when I was growing up and was a young adult, never felt like that was a really secure choice to get in a stranger's car. Uh, so I, when Uber came around, it was like, oh, it's cheaper. Uh, the cars feel a little bit nicer most of the time. I'm still getting in a stranger's car. I never really thought about it. But I guess it's true. The medallion does give a certain amount of, of certification and legitimacy to the to the craft so yeah i mean th- just think about uh you've also separated in a taxi you yeah, separated that's true. from the driver so there's less you know i don't know it's i feel i feel for the the taxi drivers out there uh, but uh hey uh elon musk again quoted <laughs> Bring it up, Elon. <laughs> Quoted, uh, Tesla will kill Uber in a couple of years because of the autopilot. So who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe the problem will be solved, and then we'll just have robots driving the kids around. It's really all anybody wants, right? Robots driving the kids around? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, not... it would be fine. School bus drivers don't need to deal with 400 kids a day. Well, Skip This News is quickly gaining the reputation reputation for beautiful segues so let's uh let's add to that reputation speaking of scary technology president trump on wednesday declared a national emergency over threats to american technology by cell phone manufacturer huawei so for those who don't know huawei just overtook apple internationally as the number two phone in the world of course samsung is number one uh for a long time, for well over a couple of years, American government agencies have been really on edge about Huawei and how they are potentially spying on us. Now, the question is, who owns Huawei? Um, is the Chinese government spying on Americans with Huawei phones or anybody with, with the phones? So Trump has officially declared national emergency said that he has uh, word that, especially with the next generation 5G network technology, Americans just simply are not safe with Huawei phones being around. So still to this day, uh, it's been almost impossible if you want a Huawei phone, which are incredibly efficient, incredible cameras, uh, very affordable. You really can't get one in America. So something... Uh, Look, I think uh, if anyone in America thinks you have privacy and no one's listening to your conversation and no one's watching you i think <laughs> you need to wake up a little right for because sure. no matter what and no matter where you are no matter what phone you have uh someone's listening and that's just the world we live in just just think american government has a problem with the chinese government listening into our people but they listen into us uh, proven with Snowden and and what people what the U.S. government does to citizens, but I don't have a problem with it. I just know it is what it is. 
I'm not here doing anything illegal. Uh, so if if someone finds my life interesting, great. If no one finds it interesting, they're not going to listen. So look, I'm I'm glad America's looking out for all the citizens and making sure Huawei is not listening into my conversation. But really, there's so many other Chinese devices in the world that probably listen. All Alexas are made in China. Uh, so what difference does it make if someone's listening to a conversation? If you're trying to be shady and you're trying to do shady things, sure, you're going to be paranoid. If you're just, you know, watching Disney Channel in the kitchen and your Alexa hears that, what what's that going to do to anyone? Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, but whenever I hear someone talk about the idea that it's like a principle and you we have to protect the people who need protecting, there are some people who we really need privacy. We have security issues, stuff like that. I tend to agree with you. I have nothing to hide. I don't care. There's not enough people to listen to all the people. Right. Yeah. Look, also the cell phone privacy thing is just use a BlackBerry. Uh, that's what the presidents used to use because they were the most dumbed down phone ever. <laughs> they didn't have external mics and internal cameras and all this crap. So they're like, yeah, how do we stop people from hacking? Oh, we give them the dumbest, stupid phone ever. Nice. <laughs> now, uh, now the president needs to tweet with his iPhone. So, <laughs> all right. So we have a, a bonus story I want to talk about. Get as far away from Trump as we can. We're going to go to the moon. So Chinese mission uncovers secrets on the far side of the moon. I'm a space nut. We've talked about this a little bit, but uh, China's Chang Four mission was the first to land on the far side of the moon. And it's shedding a lot of light on one of the biggest mysteries. Now, what we have believed for a long time is that the moon was formed from pieces of the Earth that broke off after an enormous impact with an asteroid. What they're trying to do is kind of prove that and also figure out why the, the shape and consistency of the moon is what it is. Uh, so one of the things they did, they landed on an enormous crater impact uh, an impact that's so deep that it actually goes past the crust into the mantle of the moon. So what they've sort of learned is there's an inconsistency in the mantle, that some pieces of it uh, are thicker and more Earth-like than others. And so that's kind of what they're trying to solve at this point is, is just what exactly happened to cause the moon to form and form the way it did. So for all the moon uh, conspiracists that said we never landed there, uh, whether or not America landed there, China's on the moon right now, and they're doing really, really cool research, and they've figured out a lot of stuff already, but this is a is a potential breakthrough as they bring all of this back to the U.S. and study what's uh, in the mantle of the moon. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Still crazy that uh, nothing's really happened on the moon in so many years. But, yeah, look, we got to keep exploring as... Uh, the species, uh, human species on this earth, see what's out there. So good on China for checking on that side. Could you name all of the planets? Hell no. I don't think outside of the world. I hate space. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. All right. We have, to, we have to play a game then. I want you to try to name the planets from the, su from the sun the closest. <laughs> good luck. I can maybe name the planets, but not in order. All right. Let's try. Let's, let's take them off. What do you got? All right, so we got Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, your ass, Uranus, <laughs> uh, Earth, uh, 
I mean, Pluto's not one anymore, so unfortunately, you know. No credit. No credit. Shit, that's it, man. That's all I got. <laughs> so you just left off the two that are um, closest. Oh, Mars. Mars is there, yeah. You left off the two that are closest to the sun, Mercury and Venus, and then you just got Mars. That's it, man. You go. did it. Yay. <laughs> Hashtag winning. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our happy story of the day. Looks like a very political China-based episode of Skip the Snooze. So China has now dedicated 150 uh I'm sorry, I lost my story. Wait one. China is investing in a state park that is four times larger than Yellowstone National Park for the giant panda. So it's off the giant panda was put on the endangered list in the 1990s. And so far, we've been able to get the population to grow slowly. But of course, in China, the giant panda is an enormously important animal. So they've built this, uh, started building this in enormous uh, national park. It's going to be a $150 billion investment from the state of China, essentially just trying to give these guys a place to uh, live the way they're designed to live and to go from danger to just a normal animal that's all over the place. Yeah, I can imagine uh, increasing the population of something that lives so old, basically, like human ages. Isn't that easy when you got limited quant- uh, quantity of animals running around? So, look, as long as uh, they can make this area big enough where they can increase the population, I think it's, it's great. Uh, I've never actually seen a panda in real life, but I see pandas on YouTube all the time. Cute little panda sneezing and the mother nearly shits itself. That was fun. I see pandas on YouTube all the time. So, so, hey, they they got they're good in the zoo. I don't know. So it's a all right. I, I found the article again. One point five billion, not one hundred and fifty billion. So a little less money than I originally thought. Still um, a ton of money though. It's a, it's a little bit of money. So let let me ask you a question because you're our our, uh, our Asia expert over there. Why is a giant panda so important to the Chinese? Uh, well, I think it's uh, probably multiple factors there, but it is. I don't. I don't know for sure, but I would say it's the national uh, animal in in China, and it's probably only animal that's uh, Asia specific. So that's that's what I would guess. Mm. And they just cute and cuddly, man. Come on. I, I, aren't they? They are cute. Aren't they dangerous? I, I imagine they're just bears, right? Yeah. I mean, they still they still got bear in the title. And they're still pretty big. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, they, they, they're much cooler looking than our bears over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, they're, I think they're a big part of the bamboo forest. Yeah. Know, helping the vegetation grow. It's interesting. I mean, even the World Wildlife Foundation, like the logo is the panda. You know, the panda probably started a lot of the conservation efforts that we have today, trying to save that cute little guy. Yeah. Now that uh, you got me thinking about it, I'm going to research the panda more. Yeah. It's an interesting point you make, though. You know, an animal that grows much slower, uh, you know, at the pace of a human. Like, 
we know that our population is just absolutely exploding right now. But when you're down to like whatever the number is, 50, 100, 200, like, man, you got to let them come to adolescence and be able to reproduce. And then, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a valiant effort. I hope that we're able to succeed with the giant pandas. Yo, does, you know how, uh, you know, the regular ass people con <laughs> procreate uh, with siblings and stuff. Does that happen in the, in the animal world? I believe so. Yeah, well, then they got a bigger problem. If there's only 200 left, they got to, like, separate them every now and then. Yeah, I think they do, uh, like, uh, there's a, an exhaustive program across the endangered species in the zoo to make sure that they're tracking all of the uh, lineage and sharing sperm internationally so that they're getting, you know, the right genetics, or at least trying to. Yeah. Well, hopefully China succeeds in uh, bringing some pandas to this world. I believe in China, both in Huawei and in giant pandas. <laughs> I don't really believe in our politicians' ability to make uh, Chicago not broke. Well, hopefully uh, they can uh, grow the <clears throat> grow the dollars like China grows the pandas. There we go. All right, work. Friday's tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hey, that concludes today's episode of Skip This News, your daily news, presented as always by RemFit. Check out RemFit.com, incredible mattresses, great pillows, really kind of the best sleep stuff out there to match the best podcast out there. We appreciate all of you listeners. Make sure you subscribe, give us five stars, shoot us some comments. We'd love to hear what you want to hear out of this Skip This News daily news podcast. More episodes coming soon. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye.